Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for January the 3rd of 2019. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news from around the industry five days a week, Monday through Friday, right here on YouTube and podcast services around the world. So if you enjoy the show, you like what you see, come back for more and hit that subscribe button to keep yourself up to date and in the know. But today we have a report from gamesindustry.biz that says a record 100 and $20.1 billion was earned by the gaming and interactive media industry in 2019. That is an impressive little figure, to say the least. Then, Respawn boss Vince Zampella, a very big name in the gaming industry, is moving over to work over at DICE LA, heading up a brand new game. Then, The Witcher 3 just had its biggest day on Steam ever four years after its release. Microsoft Flight Simulator will have seasonal weather, and finally, our Xbox Live games with gold for January 2020 are nearly here, and I thought that I would reiterate on those, even though we got the report a couple of weeks back, because hey, we talked about PlayStation Plus yesterday, let's talk about Xbox Live Gold today. Why not? But that is our lineup for today's show, and I hope you enjoy what I bring to the table. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top news. First off, a record $120.1 billion was earned by games and interactive media in 2019. Superdata report shows $4 out of every 5 spent on digital games goes on free-to-play titles. If you were wondering why there were so many of them, that's pretty much why. The games industry generated an impressive $120.1 billion with its digital content last year, more than in any other year to date. The figure comes from Superdata's newly released 2019 Year in Review report, which reveals the games and interactive media industry grew by 4% when compared to 2018. Within the digital games segment, mobile unsurprisingly generated the most revenue at $64.4 billion, followed by PC at $29.6 billion and console at $15.4 billion. The grand total is reached by factoring in the $6.5 billion generated by gaming video content across the likes of Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, and Facebook, plus the $6.3 billion from XR, which encompasses augmented, mixed, and virtual reality. The more astute mathematicians out there will recognize that this adds up to $122.2 billion. Superdata notes that the total revenue is less than the sum of all segments, since some earnings are included under multiple categories. For example, Pokemon Go revenue is counted under both mobile games and XR. Free-to-play still leads the market, accounting for $4 out of every 5 generated. Mobile now represents 74% of all free-to-play revenue, thanks in part to the ongoing success of Tencent's Honor of Kings and the Candy Crush Saga games. Focusing specifically on the digital games market, mobile, PC, and console, free-to-play accounted for 80% of all digital games revenue last year. Meanwhile, the premium games market saw revenue decline by 5% to $18.9 billion, largely due to a lack of major AAA game launches. Premium sales were stronger in 2018 thanks to the likes of Red Dead Redemption 2, Marvel Spider-Man, and Monster Hunter World. The highest earning title in 2019 was Fortnite for the second year in a row, generating $1.8 billion. The biggest premium game was FIFA 19 with revenues of $786 million. Superdata expects digital games and interactive media revenue to grow to $124.8 billion in 2020, another rise of 4%. The upcoming new consoles from Microsoft and Sony will provide another boost to the market, while major releases in the first half of the year, including Cyberpunk 2077 and The Last of Us Part II, are likely to drive premium games to a record year with revenues of $19.8 billion. 
Those are some pretty big figures to say the least. And I will say I'm kind of shocked that it was a record breaking year. But at the same time, whenever you factor in just how big free to play has become, it does make a lot of sense because you did have major titles like Fortnite continuing their success along with the introduction of stuff like Apex Legends. And then of course, there's the entire mobile market, which is largely, as the article says, driven by free to play. And so going into 2020, I would expect more of these games to launch. I would expect the ones that have been successful to double down on exactly what they have been doing. And so I think that a 4% growth is pretty much something you can expect in 2020. I think going into thinking about the gaming industry, if you are in it, if you are invested in the news on the daily basis, you kind of expect uh, maybe a drop in 2019 because it is the end of a console generation. It's the last full year of the PS4 and the Xbox One being the dominant hardware in most homes around the United States, at least as far as the newest, the biggest, the best stuff comes. And so whenever you think about the end of a generation, generally there is a decline. We see it at GameStop with sales. In general, we see it with GameStop because of the fact that the end of a console generation is aligning almost perfectly with the decline of the entire business model behind one of the biggest games industry retailers in the United States. Uh, but it seems that's not the case with overall revenue for the gaming industry. Interactive media and games are growing by leaps and bounds with an impressive $120.1 billion coming in for 2019. Very interesting to see they have uh, been factoring in everything from Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, and Facebook, all the way to virtual reality and everything in between. That is a pretty big figure, and I think that goes to show just how big gaming is becoming. Everybody's playing games these days, and hey, I'm not complaining. It's a good way to spend some time on the weekend, on a weeknight, in the middle of the day. Whenever you're doing it, it's a good time to be in the gaming space. But next year, we could be playing some pretty big stuff from Respawn, but I doubt it'll be that soon. However, Respawn boss Vince Zampella is taking over DICE LA to head up work on a brand new game. The plan is to expand the studio, probably rebrand it, and then start work on a new original game. Electronic Arts founded DICE LA in 2013 atop the rubble of Danger Close Games, which was closed in January of that year following the release of the very bad Medal of Honor Warfighter. As IGN reported at the time, it was intended to be an expansion of the Stockholm-based DICE, just in a different geographical location, and thus far it's functioned almost exclusively in that capacity, contributing to a trio of Battlefield games, 1, 5, and Hardline, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That is going to change in 2020, however. A Los Angeles Times report says that Respawn Entertainment co-founder and CEO Vince Zampella is going to assume leadership of the studio, which is expected to begin working on a new original game, likely under a brand new name. We will probably rebrand, Zampella said. We want to give it a new image. We want people to say this is a destination you can go and make new content. I think they've kind of gotten the branding that they are the support studio for DICE Stockholm, and I think rebranding is important for showing people, hey, come work here. We're doing some amazing things. EA Chief Studios Officer Laura Meal said the company expects to... expects... They're expecting, yeah, they're going to make some cool games, okay? Uh, they expect the company to uh, revamp the studio and will work on and create games on their own under Zampella's leadership. And I genuinely believe that he is going to help guide them creatively. He is going to help them further fortify and build out their talent and their team, Miel said. I think we're going to have a really strong studio out of our Los Angeles location. They can go from a support team to a full standalone studio to create a new game offering. Zampella emphasized that the studio's new direction will be entirely separate from DICE and Respawn. Along with his new duties at EA DICE, or whatever it ends up being called, he will also remain at the head of Respawn. 
which I think is a pretty good place for him to be because Respawn has been doing some very impressive stuff over the course of the past few years. You might have heard of a little game called Titanfall, maybe Titanfall 2, maybe Apex Legends, uh, just a couple to name a few. And on top of that, the recently released Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. But all of that's beside the point. What are we going to be seeing from Dice LA? I love the idea of a brand new original game because there are so many times whenever a studio is brought in to revamp something like Medal of Honor. That seems to be one that's getting thrown around a lot. A lot. Tons of people are talking about a brand new Medal of Honor, but I don't think that's what it's going to end up being. I think that people need something new, need something fresh. And with the right branding, with the right team behind the scenes putting it together, uh, you could very well create something that is going to be the next big thing. And of course, with Dice LA, anything is possible. And of course, with the head of Respawn, it makes it even more probable that something is going to be a success. But Vince Zampella is a very talented individual in the gaming industry. Tons and tons of innovation has come from this man right here. And so hoping the best for what comes out of Dice LA or whatever it ends up being called over the course of the next few years. Now, as far as a timeline for when to expect this project, I would say you are not going to be seeing it any sooner uh, than 2023, 2024, uh, just because of the fact that if you are just now getting into an industry, or excuse me, if you are just now getting into a company, that is pretty much starting from ground zero, unless something has already been made, which I highly doubt is the case. Uh, so diving into something throughout 2020 and then continuing into 2021, you're about halfway there. I'd say 2024, 2025 maybe even is a pretty good estimate for when you will see the fruits of their labor. But hey, congrats to Vince and congrats to the team at Dice LA for being given a chance. Then The Witcher 3 just had its biggest day ever on Steam, four years after release. CD Projekt's excellent role player, The Witcher 3, just hit its all-time high concurrent player record on Steam more than four years after the game first launched. The reason we'd bet a coin it has something to do with Netflix's well-received The Witcher series, which launched over Christmas. CD Projekt community manager Marcin Marmot highlighted The Witcher 3's surge in popularity on Twitter back on the 29th of December and noted that more people were playing the game now than on Steam at launch. Since then, that number has only continued to rise. Last night, the game hit another all-time high peak of nearly 102,000 people playing on Steam simultaneously, according to Steam Charts data from Valve's own API. Not giving Geralt's gadabouting a go? Gadabouting? Okay. It's worth noting the game is once again on sale via Steam. You can pick it up for £7.50 or with its DLC for £10.50 or on Xbox One. It's also now included in Xbox Game Pass. And there's a lot more Witcher coming. Netflix is already planning a second season of its show for release in 2021. And meanwhile, a new deal between CD Projekt Red and the Witcher author and creator Andrzej Sapkowski has signed just before Christmas, paving the way for a brand new framework for the future cooperation between the two. And so the Witcher is not going going anywhere anytime soon, and that is much to the pleasure of people around the world because everybody is in love with The Witcher these days. Uh, but the Netflix show, as I've been saying, is phenomenal. On top of that, glad to see the new deal inked between the original author and CD Projekt. I think that's going to really pave the way uh, for a lot more potential in the world of The Witcher going forward. And of course, with the success of The Witcher 3, especially in today's day and age where you do have the biggest day four years after its release, uh, it seems like a no-brainer to go ahead and renegotiate, make sure that everything is good to go as the series continues to grow and evolve over the years. But 
Looks like this very well could be something big for Netflix, could be something big for the gaming industry, and on top of that is obviously something big for CD Projekt, and it has been since the beginning of the release, and it has continued all the way through its life. Many people are saying that's the best game of the decade, from 2010 all the way to 2020, that's the best game of that entire period of time. And I would be pressed to probably say it's certainly up there. It is one that's impressive. Perhaps, perhaps a bit overrated, but overall, very good game nonetheless. However, another good game is going to be Microsoft Flight Simulator, and it will have seasonal weather. Microsoft slyly confirmed it in a snowy teaser. Microsoft Flight Simulator is shaping up to be a mind-bogglingly ambitious flight sim, using massive amounts of data to create strikingly realistic facsimiles of the globe right down to individual trees and houses. And now it looks like that will include seasonal weather too, which has been teased for the first time in a new video above. Last year, a Sobo and Microsoft were considering seasons, but it was more complicated than just adding some snow. The change in temperature would mean rivers would have to freeze and animals would hibernate or move to a different climate. And absolutely none of that has anything to do with flying, of course, but it's all stuff the team was thinking about to make their version of Earth work the way you'd expect. How far they have taken it remains to be seen. The video has been left to stand alone and does not mention the other seasons or what impact it will have on the world or flights. It looks like the weather will be dynamic and we can see New York getting gradually covered in snow over time. NVIDIA also posted a video with lots of footage close to the ground, giving us a great look at the game's detailed cities. The first couple of clips in particular might as well be real footage from a flight, especially with Twitter's terrible compression, but even completely clear, however, Microsoft's flight sim looks so realistic it might as well be magic. Uh, now keep in mind, I do want to reiterate, this is something that is, again, this is a game, I think. I can't even tell, honestly. This is insane. Uh, so that's what you're going to be expecting from the uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, that's pre-alpha footage from November of 2019. This is not actually just, this is a game. That is mind-boggling to me. Uh, but flight sims, of course, are not for everyone. But I will say, Microsoft's Flight Simulator certainly does seem to be one of the biggest games in the genre to date, uh, because this is a huge thing. People with giant simulation rigs that take this very seriously are going to really feel at home in Microsoft Flight Simulator. Now, of course, it's going to be huge on PC, where you do have the power to make it the most realistic that it possibly could be. But if I remember correctly, this one is actually coming to Xbox as well. Uh, but, of course, if you did want to test it with some pilots, or if you were a pilot that wanted to test it, uh, you will need to join the Insider program first and then sign up for the Alpha. But until then, it looks like you can just check out the little snowy teaser trailer, and it looks like... It's going to be having some seasonal weather, uh, which is certainly not a bad thing. I think that adds to the realism of it. But as long as it's done well, then I have no problem with it whatsoever. Uh, but this is certainly going to be one of the most aesthetically pleasing games of the 2020s so far, which isn't saying much because it's the first chunk of the year. But still, Microsoft's flight sim looks to be shaping up very, very well. And finally, speaking of Xbox and Microsoft, Xbox Live games with gold for January of 2020. Now, these were released and announced on the 19th of December 2019, but for the month of January, Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members will receive four new free games, two on Xbox One, two on 360, and they include Sticks, Shards of Darkness, Batman the Telltale Series, Tekken 6, and Star Wars to the original trilogy, Lego Edition. Ah, uh, that's... Okay, uh, but those are the games you can expect to get from January the 16th to the 15th if you want Telltale the Batman series. And of course, on 
the month of January. I suppose starting now, you can get six Shards of Darkness for free as well. And that goes for Tekken 6. And on the 15th of January, you can get Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, uh, for free. So there's your stuff you can play for free on your Xbox for January of 2020. And as always, anything on the Xbox 360 released through Games with Gold becomes backwards compatible with the Xbox One. So there you have it. You are good to go on all of those. But with that being said, that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. Of course, as always, I hope you enjoyed today's show. And let me know in the comments section down below what you think about the news, what you think about the record $120.1 billion earned by the gaming industry in 2019. Would love to hear your thoughts on that one. On top of that, a quick mention. You can follow me on Facebook at fb.gg slash Samuel Adams Live. I'm going to be streaming over there more. I'm going to try and create something in 2020 uh, that I've been wanting to do for a very long time where it kind of combines sharing news with community interaction, live streams. It's going to be a good time. So follow me over there as well and we'll see where 2020 takes us. But until Monday, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I will talk to you soon, and peace.